Hey folks, this podcast goes beyond the saddle as we explore professional careers across the equine industry. I'm your host, Katie Kleinbell. Let's tack up and head out. Heidi Whitman is one of the original masterminds behind Naked Leaf. Heidi is very much the heart of the company. As well as being a driving force of positivity, Heidi is a literal lifesaver. Her background in animal rescue includes voluntary and management roles with the South Florida Disaster Relief, the Humane Society for Greater Nashaw, and several other large and small rescues across the globe. Outside of Naked Leaf, she's 100% dedicated to her animals. When she's not riding and caring for her trio of rescue horses, she's doing her best to wear out the kids and the dogs. Heidi, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Katie. It's a real special treat and um, excited to be part of the Beyond the Saddle crew. Absolutely. Can you start with just explaining what Naked Leaf is for those who maybe are not as familiar? Sure, absolutely. Um, well, Naked Leaf was a creation from uh, that my husband and I came up with. And what it is focused on is providing hemp products to people and pets for horses and riders, for dogs and all the like. And what we wanted to do was find a way to take the plant and the power of the plant and create it in its most pure form to be able to help empower people naturally and using the plant um, as the basis for that empowerment. So Naked Leaf was created and the word naked simply because we're trying to keep it as pure as possible and leaf because we're dealing with the cannabis plant. We found through studying over about a course of a couple of years, but then really focusing for eight months, what this plant is capable of doing for people and for animals. And we felt it was our mission to bring it to the, the attention of the industry. Like there are some people that are doing um, cannabis related businesses um, and it more, you know, looking for the jumping on the bandwagon. And then there are others that are doing it for truly helping to heal. And that's something that we're very passionate about. So we're hoping to spread Naked Leaf across the globe eventually. And we started it in 2018 in um, Colorado. It is brand new then. You guys are just diving into this exciting mm-hmm. journey. Yes, we have. And um, we, we're located in the UK, uh, my husband and I. So we have a branch here in the Brighton, uh, UK, which is south of England, right on the coast. We have offices at uh, with our partners over at Active Interest Media in Colorado. That sounds beautiful. I'm coming over and going to visit mm-hmm. you guys, okay? <laughs> oh, you're more than welcome. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Well, can you give us a synopsis of what your job is specifically? What do you do for the company? As the co-founder of the company, my I wear many hats. I'm involved with everything from I did all the sourcing of the supply chain with Nathan Whitman, my husband, and our team over here. We have two others that work in our office that are critical components to our um, little machine. And we I handle all of the, um, the public relations, the customer service, the operations, the ideas on what to do next when it comes to changing our business model to go along with the times and how to interact with all of the customer's experiences as well as sales. So I wear a lot of different hats, but being part of all of the different aspects is something that is really part of the passion. I feel like my heartbeat is what drove the animal side to become a prominent feature within Naked Leaf. And because my passion's been with working with animals for many years, professionally prior to doing this, and I felt that giving this platform that we've created, this was the best time to be able to show that we I can do something, maybe not as hands-on as I used to do with animals, but with the ability of, of helping heal and, and 
empower the animals with the plants that we have so carefully sourced and created different products with. So cool. And I think that's true of a lot of companies. When you're just starting and something that you've founded, you do get to wear all the hats, right? You truly know it inside mm-hmm. and out because you've, you've had to. Yeah. And, you know, it's important to do that so that when you're going to discuss something, you know, even talking to you today or talking to groups of people that have interest, I can really grasp people's attention because I do understand every aspect of the business and I enjoy explaining and educating along the way about how we became Naked Leaf, why we became Naked Leaf, and what we have to offer as Naked Leaf and what we're looking towards to the future because I'm aware of every single aspect. And I think that's really important because you don't want to put something in your animals, especially as riders, we don't want to touch our horses with anything we don't trust. And we don't want to take anything ourselves um, without really understanding who's behind it, where it comes from. And I think it's so important that being kind of the spokesperson, I didn't really, I became an unofficial spokesperson, but now I I speak up for the company, but to be able to share all the different aspects and make sure people feel comfortable and, and trust, which is so, so important when you're dealing with anything that you're ingesting or applying to yourself or animals. So true. And hopefully uh, with this podcast today, we'll get to know you a little bit better too. So it's already been, I've already learned things. So I'm excited to dive deeper. (laughs) Is there a common myth that people might have about what you do and can we bust it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I work with cannabis and that is, you know, the first question my mother asked Nathan and I, when we decided this is what we're going to do. She's like, are you drug dealers? You know, that was the first question. I said, no, we are not drug dealers. And there is an aspect of cannabis that's marijuana with THC, which gives you that psychoactive effect. And then there's an aspect of cannabis, which is hemp, which does not give you the psychoactive effect, especially when it is curated properly. So um, I think that people don't understand that, especially, and I'm going to focus on horses, when you're dealing with horses and hemp, there are so many misconceptions about people thinking their horses are going to get high. They're going to become sedated. They're not going to be able to function or, or work properly. Um, and that I can bust right now because we have products that have such little THC. It's literally non-detectable when we do our third-party analysis of every single lot that we create, every, every single batch we create. And what this does is actually help promote healing while a horse is working and promotes calmness without the sedative effects. And this is, these are the myths that I think people immediately go to because it is, it's been a common stigma of the plant and if without education, which is why I love chatting with people about it, is very much misunderstood. That's the big myth you know, is working with cannabis, but also working as in a startup. If you were to talk about the profession itself, this is not my first rodeo when it comes to entrepreneurship and it is hard work. I mean, we worked I would say literally around the clock, laptops on between 18 and 20 hours a day for the first year that we started because we were so passionate about doing this correctly, doing this right, finding the right partners. And I think everyone thinks, oh, Heidi has such a cool job. You know, she's walking around, she's got hemp in her car and hemp in her house and hemp in, but it, it, it is fun. It's so much fun. It's a lot of hard work though. And especially when you're going against the grain and you're being a bit of a pioneer, that's never to be easy. And I think that is one of the reasons why I'm so driven because nothing that is worth doing should be that easy. It's worth, it's worth having a bit of static so that you can get yourself um, across the line and, and make sure you open the minds of others who are paying attention. I'm so glad that you busted the cannabis versus hemp, and that's the perfect myth mm-hmm. to bust um, right out the gate. But also, mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you mm-hmm. talked to what it's like to build a business and really have that passion mm-hmm. that drives you to work around the clock and make it 
everything that you've made it so far. I want to encourage our listeners to go check out your website, if nothing else, um, because it is beautiful. I mean, it is just, it's such a lovely experience. It really is like just coming in, like your voice is very clear and like, it just feels very comfortable and, but also trustworthy. So good work. Thank you so much. I love it. Well, I want to know more about you. So what led you here? Mm -hmm. What was your journey prior to starting this company? I've always been involved with animals, always rescued. I've always helped. I've always volunteered. And then I was always a rider. So because I was a rider, I, you know, I went on to school and I didn't ride. I think that's the one thing I, I regretted. I didn't ride at the University of Massachusetts, but I should have because I really did miss it. But I did. Um, I pushed myself to always have my hands in the animal care industry somehow. And as life goes on and things happen, my husband and I, reconnected when we were 40 years old after uh, 20 years of, of not being together. And we both decided at that time, you know, let's do something that we are, are both passionate about. And of course, I'm sitting there talking animal talk and horse talk, and he was talking about um, health and well-being. And I said, well, that's my passion too. So what what happened was we both lost our fathers to cancer. Um, my father's cancer in particular is now being treated with CBD, which is a cannabinoid out of the industrial hemp plant. Um, it was non-operable at the time in 2000, and I thought, you know, if there's something that we're going to do and we're going to do it right, let's utilize what motivates us to think about our own health and to think about our, our children's health and how we're going to um, make the world a better place, and that was where it came from. And we both thought, wow, let's, let's dive into hemp. Let's see what it's all about, and so that's when the due diligence, the intense, obsessive due diligence started to take place. And then I quickly connected the dots and said, if I had this as a nervous rider when I was a kid, maybe I would have calmed down. If I had this when I had a hot horse in a new environment, maybe I could have calmed them down without using acepromazine. Not that I'm anti-drug, but, you know, it'd be nicer to not have the effect of a drug on an animal. You know, I was thinking about all the different things, and it just kind of was like the aha moment. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to bring it to the UK. When the UK is ready, we're going to know that the US has done it already, but there's some parts have been done well and some not and let's utilize those experiences so we don't need to reinvent the wheel there but we can create our own way of of promoting health with the power plants and that's exactly what we did that is powerful and talk about turning your passion into something that is Mm -hmm. tangible um, and helps not only you know your business and your livelihood but so many animals and horses and people along the way yeah absolutely Can you talk a little bit more about what it was like to found it? Um, So that process, right, of getting a new company off the ground? Sure. Um, Well, um, that requires kissing a lot of frogs before you find your prince. So we (laughs) did a lot of uh, investigative work when it came to people who were, were marketing their hemp, understanding everything from the genetics of the seed to what goes in the soil, to what kind of soil there is, to what kind of possible uh, BDT or pesticides, heavy metal solvents, anything that could be in that soil that could alter the state of that little tiny seed that's going to grow our our very precious hemp plant. And also um, making sure the genetics of the seed have some type of tenure so that THC has been literally phased out of the plant. So when we go to extract it, we don't need to bastardize the plant in order to get exactly what we want out of it, which was that beautiful hemp extract that has all those yummy cannabinoids in it that helps boost our system. So we did a lot of that type of research, as well as looking at laboratories, looking at various partners to partner with, like Active Interest Media, who has assisted us with our marketing, to we have now become part of a group that is on the island of Guernsey, which is between France and England, and we're going to be growing our own hemp there. We have a team from California that's moved over, so that was really exciting. But to get to that point, it was literally Nathan and I 
and Louie, who is our creative director in my house, <laughs> working day and night to try to find all those pieces to put together not only our supply chain, but our products themselves. So getting it off the ground meant sacrificing everything, selling things we owned, anything we could do to make it work, because that was the passion that was being driven, you know, the non-paying part of the beautiful part of uh, being an entrepreneur <laughs> and just really diving your head in and also getting lots of products to try and test. And that was exciting too, because you could really understand the subtlety of our beautiful effects from our product versus those who are being marketed to us as having similar, but we could actually feel the difference and having a wonderful board of kind of a control group of people that would take things for us with various ailments and give us some positive anecdotal feedback would help us understand what we were dealing with. And, and that had a large part of it. So we were supported immensely by our loved ones and believed in by so many. And I think that's how we came so far in such a short period of time. That's exciting. That's, I mean, that's so fun and yeah. rewarding to see it all come to fruition. Yeah, so exciting. And still is. Tell us more about what it's like working for Nakedly. I find every day is different. Um, we, you know, you always hit little tiny hiccups along the road whenever you start anything new. But I think what's fun about this business, and I think all of us here, I've, I've got two others in my office, and Nathan and myself, Ian and Louie, we're very close. I think we talk probably more than I've ever talked to other people in my life all day long, all night long. Even during lockdown, we have had our Zooms on throughout the day in our own homes and just talking as if we were still in our office because we have so many ideas that that come up and that we, we want to do. And it just takes a simple meeting with somebody else that will spark a naked leaf idea. So it'll be something as simple as even let's take the current situation. You know, we understand that boosting our immunity and self-care is at the height of everyone's minds right now. Everyone's thinking, oh, God, I need to really take care of myself mm -hmm. before I go back out into the big wide world. And, you know, then I thought of different things we could do. So we created an affordability plan for people who are really getting hit hard by what just occurred, which was just unprecedented and frightening but give them a chance to boost their self-care and give them a chance to boost themselves without making any claim. But I can say you optimize your system and you empower yourself. And that's something that we all need. So I think Naked Leaf ideas come from situations that we all face. And it also comes from listening to our customers. So every day is different. We get some emails from customers. I get ideas from customers. They're the ones that are really guiding our business because I love listening to what other people want and then watching us create something to assist what those people want, which is usually, you know, not just that person, it's several people. But I bumped into a couple people yesterday with arthritic horses. They wanted to talk to me like for hours about their horses ailments, you know, and if anything, give them a sample to see what happens. And when you get the positive feedback, like I did this afternoon already, that to me is what makes Naked Leaf exciting to work for. So we get a lot of feel good. And I don't think you can get that in almost every business, but I get it every single day because I get great feedback. So as many challenges as you can face and as many days that are so different and you never know how long you're going to be working for or who you're going to bump into or what kind of conversations occur, there's always a feel good. And I think that's the part that's somewhat addicting to working here. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Everybody wants that, yeah. right? To have that reward yeah. day to day, but mm -hmm. you see it like, you know, you've got your customers calling you telling you, Hey, that really made a difference. Honestly, I've had tears in my eyes more times than I can count because they're like, because it took us so long to get to the point where we had that beautiful product that we knew would work. 
And then you have to convince people, can you take this? I know you don't know what it is, but can you take this? <laughs> and then when they do, and you get these life-changing messages that are just like, whoa, that is unbelievable. Like that, that woman can be a mom now because her wrists are able to function better. And before she was wearing braces on them, or that woman with scoliosis is brushing her hair. These are all anecdotal discussions that have come up and they've been shared with me. But wow, that is so cool. You know, like that is exactly what we wanted to do. So we realized from that time we spoke about a few minutes ago, what we wanted to do and how we saw it happening. And now it's come to fruition. It's literally what drives me to get out of bed at a, a godly early hour every morning, but I do it anyway. It's just so nice to be able to, to see that. Well, was it obvious Thanks. to you that you would end up anywhere near here, you know, leading a company like this with so much passion and, and diving into the CBD space? Well, I knew whatever I put my mind to and I believed in, it was going to get the full amount of Heidi that was available because I used to run an animal care company, in-home animal care company in South Florida. And I threw myself into this company because I believed I could have the best care that you could ever get in your home when you're away. You know, and I really threw myself into that business and it showed because I sold it to a veterinarian and that, you know, and I knew that if there was something that I love, I will always be able to promote it to a point where I am the, the center of whatever I'm doing for many people, you know, and that means that they can come to me, they can trust me, and I will always provide, be candid, be transparent, and be honest. And I don't think that is a very common, it's not commonplace anymore to be absolutely upfront and honest. I think maybe studying psychology back in the day in the, at UMass really taught me how people just want to hear how it is. And if you do lay it all on the table, you'll have a very trusted business. And I think knowing that I was getting into this and knowing that my goal was to help heal, similar to how I used to know that I wanted to make sure every animal was cared for as if the owners were home. When I did my other business with my staff, this was no different. I knew it was going to be great, but I never knew it was going to be so good that, you know, we'd have the tears in the eyes moment several times a week. That is the most wonderful place to find yourself, you know, when you had no idea, yeah. couldn't even imagine being here. And, and that's why, right? Because you give, you give yourself goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it felt really good. It feels really good every day. Did you hit any roadblocks along the way? Anything that maybe might have stopped you in your tracks? Yeah, there was, you know, we've had definitely, there's regulations because we're dealing with cannabis and it's the big scary word um, that's kind of hot on the market right now. It's become very much um, a topic of discussion here in the UK and in, in Europe. And I've gone to several conferences throughout the area here. Um, and we have the veterinary medical directorate here in the UK that does not allow us to sell hemp products to animals quite yet. I'm hoping that'll change for referendums occurring in New Zealand and Australia and September, I'm hoping that is going to also affect the UK's decision. Um, so that was a bit of like, what? why not? You know, we're yeah. giving it to people. Why can't we give it to animals? But it was just didn't fall within the cascade of the veterinary prescribing methodology. And I, I understand that. But, you know, that's a bummer because we have a lot of animals here and people here that want it. And you know what? They'll go online or somewhere else. But, of course, we're compliant people. We needed to do what we had to do and state that in the UK, we're not quite ready to do that yet. Um, in the U.S., California changed their laws. That was a big old roadblock. So they said livestock cannot be fed any hemp products and horses are considered livestock. Well, at that time, we were supplying a very um, popular sanctuary with product with livestock. And so that stopped us in our tracks. And so I think there are regulatory kind of bumps in the road. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's also a responsibility of us who might get roadblocked to stand up and say, hey, wait a minute, can I talk to you about this and educate them? Whether they want to hear it or not, they definitely get the American in their ear over here for sure, because I like to explain to them <laughs> what I'm doing. Um, USEF and FBI, obviously, are very adamant about cannabinoids in horses. I went and spoke at the American Horse Council. I spoke to the head of the Olympic um, Veterinary Committee, Dr. Mitchell. I spoke to a couple other people that were high up in the um, FEI realm, and they were said, well, cannabinoids are banned. I said, but we have our own endocannabinoids in our system, as do horses. How are you going to decipher between a cannabinoid and a phytocannabinoid in a blood test? And they said, we don't know. I said, so you're banning something that you're not sure of, but okay, because you're banning it because it comes from cannabis and we can't do that. So there's a lot of uneducation um, that's kind of filtered through everybody's kind of mindset because of what the stigma was. So I'm hoping that those roadblocks, the competition horses can heal while they're actually competing. So when they come back, they're not swollen. So that when they come back, their tendons aren't sore. You know, so when they come back, their joints aren't needing injections. You know, this is a way to actually heal our horses while they're in work. And I'm hoping that the heads will turn in a different direction and therefore allow people that have reputable products like us be able to stand up and be like the beacon for those can come, you know, who have questions can come to us. And so that that is that's been a bit of a roadblock, but that doesn't stop those with show horses who have five retired guys in the back from using our products. So, you know, it, it is it is helpful, and they see the effect. They even told me at the American Horse Council, they said, "You have something. We believe in it. We just don't know how to rewrite everything." So, um, you know, maybe someday, maybe someday, I hope. Sure. Well, it sounds like the industry is very lucky to have you as an advocate to have those discussions and and really try to get to the bottom of that. Yes, for sure. What's next for you? I mean, you've had quite the journey getting to where you are now. The company is still young. So what's on the horizon? Mm -hmm. What are you curious about now? Well, the next thing I would like to do is get involved with some clinical research. So I would like to take our products that I know anecdotally have worked very well, and I want to get them in the hands of veterinarians who are interested in doing some research for me, um, especially with horses and inflammation. So I will shout that out right now. I'm always looking for partners in that realm because I think it's really important that we have some clinical backing to what we see that's happening with hemp. I think that will allow me then to take the next step, which is to go back to those who I spoke with in Washington, D.C., to go back to those who I spoke with here in London, and to be able to share my research findings with the people so that we can get some type of acceptance so that animals across the world who are in competition and, and, and not, but also those who are being banned from using it right now, will be able to have a chance to be able to heal and to be more comfortable and not to have their careers end early simply because of too many veterinary costs for injections or medications, but we can actually boost their system and start healing from the inside out. So that that is my next, that's my personal next step. I think for Naked Leaf, we're looking at expanding our range. We have different products that are being formulated right now. We actually work with a pharmacist um, here in the UK who is called the Naked Pharmacist, and he's helping us right now create different formulas for our animals and for our humans so that we can get everybody in check and balance. So we'll be having some new fun products launching soon, um, as well as growing um, all of our own fields. So we're replicating our U.S. process over here in the island of Guernsey, which is a very small island, but we have lots of uh, greenhouses ready to go. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot on the horizon. <laughs> you've had success up to this yeah. point, and she's hungry for more. <laughs> They're going after all of it. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah, chaos is how we function, but it's a really fun, controlled chaos. <laughs> if it wasn't, it would be boring. Who wants boring? <laughs> no one, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit. Let's get some advice from you. If you could turn back time mm-hmm. and talk to your freshman college self, what would you say? Oh, I would have said, don't be so scared of those biological science classes that you thought you could never take because it was too overwhelming. <laughs> I should have gone to vet school. I mean, that's one of my things. I was like, I should have done it. I should have done it. So if I should talk to my freshman college self, I said, one, go for those difficult classes and don't do underwater basket weaving or whatever else I thought I would could do that was going to be less stressful for my 18-year-old mind. <laughs> and I should have kept riding. I should have just gone for it and believed in myself. I was a good rider back then, and I didn't think I was good enough. So I was very scared to try out. I was a very shy person, believe it or not, didn't talk very much. Um, and that's changed, but I, I should have definitely pushed myself a little bit more. It would have been nice to have that veterinary um, opportunity because that's something that I absolutely, I adore veterinary medicine. I think it's fascinating and I love holistic medicine and combining the two makes makes me excited. So um, I would have loved to become a holistic vet. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I have no doubt in my mind that you could have done it and, and gone all the way with that because you put your full self in it. Well, let's talk more about horses. That's what we want to do, right? Yeah, of course. What horses do you have? Well, I, ha- I, I came to England with none of my personal belongings, but two little tiny suitcases and three horses. So I brought my horses over with me um, as a... <laughs> told my husband, if you want me, we're going to bring three horses, a couple dogs, and a couple cat trunks, and I just need two little suitcases. That's all I need. And I gave away all my belongings. And the reason why I did that is my horses are adopted horses. There, there were two that were mine, and one was actually one of my daughters. And it happened to be one of my very dear friends, my closest friend's horse. And she actually sent him here with me because I was taking care of him, and he was really close to my other two horses. Oh. So we brought all three over, and I, I bless him, is 28 years old and still just rocking the English countryside like nobody else. So he's, still, he's here with me still um my my 19 year old thoroughbred passed away sadly last year he had a heart attack which came out of nowhere it was really shocking we were very proud of him he's my heart horse i found him in the in the depths of miami and and not in good condition and he was literally what changed my world in my 30s and he he was my heart horse so that was pretty shocking but um i also adopted a appendix type horse from um, sure thoughts horse rescue down in south florida they had brought in nurse mare foals so in Kentucky, there's nurse mares, and unfortunately, the foals do not get, they get discarded, to be blunt. So I rescued a cute buckskin baby when he was a few weeks old, and I raised him, um, bucket fed him, and Clint and I now gallop through the countryside here in England together, and he's the coolest horse on the planet. So um, they they live a really lovely life. We miss Cameron every day. He was, he was part of my little herd. It was really difficult. I've never lost a horse before, so that, that kind of lost my world. But um, but, you know, taking Cameron out of that rescue situation and bringing him to life out of Miami and then taking Clint from this scrawny baby who weighed under 100 pounds and now he's, you know, 16 hands and solid and just will do anything with me because I'm his mommy. It was both unique experiences, taking a rescue and having to rehab all the trauma and then taking a baby fresh, like really fresh, and then just making him your own. So I got a really wonderful experience from both of my babies. And Ike is just, you know, he's our solid. He's just in charge, like I said. In charge of all of us. <laughs> that was so fun. I feel like I know all of them now. Yeah. I could just walk up to them and just be like, all right, your mom told me all about you. I know you. Oh. <laughs> 
uh, and Flint would lick you because he's part dog. I swear, he's the funniest little horse I've ever owned. Well, that sort of leads me into my next question, and that is, do you have mm-hmm. a horse industry recommendation for us? Well, I, like I said, I, if I was still in America, I would still be getting Smart Pack every day, every month. You know, I I love them. Um, I even though they, they they were working with them now, which is like a dream come true for me, but they are. One of the best companies, I think, when you're looking at taking in a horse that might have various ailments to just naturally go the supplement route before you start hitting them up with lots of drugs, if you can. I felt like they had the most educated customer service. They helped me so much when I brought home Cameron. So I, I really I owe them a lot of credit um, to helping me get him back on his feet, literally. And um, that is one of my, my favorite products. I enjoyed going to all the shows in America, but now I get to go to shows here and Europe. Um, so I've been to them in, in Spain and I've been to them in the UK. Hopefully they'll get going again. But yeah, I loved going to, you know, Wellington is where I lived down in that area yes. in South Florida. So I, I, you know, I love those shows. But if you come to England, you've got to come see Hickstead. They have a derby that will blow your mind. And I think everybody in America would just be like, you know, mouth open gasping because it is quite a, you know, you see the most um, amazing riders go around the derby with these big hills and slopes and things that are just amazing to me. So, um, I love seeing different countries uh, show their horses differently, you know, so it was, it was a lot of fun just seeing that. But um, also, and, and my other recommendation is if you travel, find some type of horse rescue that you might be able to give a little something to while you're there. Because there's so many places I've been from Morocco to Portugal where I have found loose horses down the road, hobbled or tied, and you just go into action and do what you've got to do. And I think that there are a lot of countries that need education and a lot of countries that need a volunteer. So there's a lot of places in Spain, there's a place called Easy Care Horse Rescue, and they um, take volunteers to come and stay on their finca and work with their horses. And it's a, it's a vacation, but you're doing something good. So I think if there's anything that people want to do that provides a real good feel good and your heart, but also get away and get an experience from another country, that's a really good way to do it. That's a great recommendation and something a lot of people have probably never thought about. I know I have never thought about, you know, seeking out a horse rescue while I'm traveling. Um, That is such a great advice and just a different way to look at the world. Yeah, I think when you see what happens and the Brooke Foundation, which is B-R-O-O-K-E, they open my eyes. I mean, they basically go around and they teach those who are using donkeys and mules for work reasons because they need them to survive how to care for them properly. Because when you're dealing with multiple generations of not caring for animals properly, you're going to keep doing them, aren't you? So you need someone to come in and teach. So they don't go and say, we're taking your animals away from you. That would would paralyze these people that live in the Atlas Mountains of Morocco. But they go in and they teach them how to saddle them properly, how to use them properly, how to feed them. And I thought that, what a good thing to be a part of. If you're an equestrian and you have a heart that goes to horses, don't let that just be in your own backyard. I mean, we definitely need help in America. Let me tell you, there's plenty of rescue has to be done. But if you're going abroad, take a moment and maybe put a few hours somewhere and volunteer. It just makes a world of difference. And you learn a lot and you'll share that education with other people. I love that. That is such great, such great advice. All right, well, we'll switch gears just a little bit. Um, I'd love to yes. know if you have a non-horse recommendation for us. So anything not oh. horse related, which can be hard, <laughs> uh, but we'd love to know, you know, just something from maybe it's something over in England that everyone should check out um, or just anything from your life experience that you think people would enjoy. Well, I love travel. I mean, going out and seeing cultures that you would never in your wildest dreams. I mean, I came from a little 
tiny Section 8 house in Framingham, Massachusetts. I would never have thought my dreams would be in like Chiang Mai, Thailand in a Burmese refugee camp, but I did. And I think if you can get out and travel and take the risk and go see what people are doing outside of America, it just brings you a whole new feel of a sense of self, a sense of what's important. And I think that it opened my eyes and taught me more. And I, I credit my husband for taking me all over because we, we spent a lot of time just getting out there, finding deals online, booking last minute, booking.coming it all over the world. But it was a lot of fun. And I, I feel like I did my bit wherever I was to at least communicate with anyone from the local area about who I was and what I think and then giving them a chance to ask me questions as an American. Because I think we're very, uh, we're, a lot of people are confused about Americans. And it's nice to be able to go out and, and talk. You know, and then, of course, my, my home here in England is, is so amazing to me. And it's a little horse related, but there's a place <laughs> called the New Forest in England and the horses are wild oh. and they get the right of way and they give birth on the side of the road and if there's traffic because the horse is in the road you have to wait for them to wake up from their nap I mean it is amazing so if you get a chance to come to England the area is called Hampshire it's called the New Forest I find that to be the most glorious place and right now it's a foaling season so there's babies everywhere and oh. I've had Americans come over and visit me and they're like what, what is, is this place I'm like it is like you know Robin Hood's gonna come running by it is so <laughs> magical I mean it is literally it's, it's where the birth of witchcraft came from that area I mean it is such an interesting place oh and I found it to be um just one of those things people think London I was like yeah London's awesome it's a city but if you go out into the countryside and you open your eyes to how animals can be treated properly it's just mind-blowing after being in the trenches like I said in Miami-Dade and all over you know America <laughs> with hoarders and stuff you know like oh this is a whole different ball game I like that well I'm jumping on an airplane and I'm coming over you know this afternoon I'm coming we're gonna go check out yeah. New Forest <laughs> we'll go down the New Forest and look at all the New Forest ponies which they round up and they adopt out like if you know because they need to move sure. along and they make the best horses they're so bomb proof i mean think about it they're like hanging out on roads all day long and oh there's loose cows too cows and horses oh it's just God. nuts i mean <laughs> yeah they're really cute really cute i love it <laughs> all right are you ready to play this or that i'm ready to play here we go all right big box stores or mom and pop mom and pop do you like horror movies or comedies comedy she had to think about that though <laughs> I did. I think I do like horror movies sometimes, but I don't think I really do. I think I think I do until I watch them. No, that's no good. <laughs> that's <laughs> when you go to the grocery store, do you bring your own bags or do you use theirs? I definitely bring my own bags. Not a girl. Would you rather swim in a swimming pool or the ocean? Oh, the ocean for sure. And when you're buying a horse or you're rescuing a new horse, do you want a young one that you can train yourself or do you want one that's finished and ready to go? I would like to train myself now that I've done it. Yeah, it sounds like Flint turned out pretty darn good. Yeah, he's so cool. Yeah, he's so cool. Do you prefer riding in the arena or on the trails? On the trails nowadays. <laughs> well, it sounds beautiful there, so I don't blame you one bit. Yeah, you wouldn't want to get off of them either. <laughs> And when you do compete, would you rather win ribbons, trophies, or horse gear? Oh, oh. horse gear, definitely. <laughs> I yeah. agree. I like it. My fair share. I've got loads of ribbons. They're just in a bag. I still have them from childhood. But yeah, I'm 46. I think it's time for horse gear. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I like it. I'm with you. <laughs> 
Well, it's a good reminder um, that pandemic that we are going through is global, um, as you're feeling the effects of it, of course, over yeah. in England as well. So what is the very first yeah. thing that you're going to do once quarantine is over and we're given the green light to kind of go out and be ourselves again? I think the, the first thing I'm going to do is try, if we can, we were having hemp talks, like TED Talks, but hemp talks, <laughs> meetup groups. So I'm, I'm hoping that I can get some physical presence, you know, in our, our beautiful little office space here by the sea and bring people around that have had questions who are eager to join our little, our groups and, you know, provide some you know, CBD coffee and everyone can chat. And that that's something I'm really looking forward to doing. And personally, I just want to go to my tax shop and like refill everything I'm I've worn to death over this pandemic. So I need new socks and I need a new helmet for my daughter and things like that. So that's where I'm going to head the moment the retailers are, are, are reopened. She's coming for you. Watch out. <laughs> I know. I'm like me and my credit card, which is a dangerous thing. Um, yeah. So those are the two things I'm looking forward to doing. Well, hopefully it's, you know, coming around the corner very soon. And um, 2020 yeah. has certainly been an interesting year, but um, it kind of gives us time to focus, right? And like you said, think about it, our own yeah. health. Absolutely. And you know what? It gave us time to be with our animals. It gave us time to, to spend time with our animals the way we want to normally we can't do. Mm -hmm. um, and with that being said, as we said, back into the workforce, everyone needs to take care of themselves extra um, and think of themselves, uh, think, think of their health because this is a bit of a jar to our systems as we come back out of where we've been <laughs> locked into. And for our animals who are used to having us around all the time and aren't, we're not going to be there as often. So that's where hemp kind of comes into play to help people get their animals adjusted as much as they're getting adjusted. It's very important. Well, I think um, I speak for both of us when I say that we are ready to go and be with our horses more today. <laughs> so thank you so yeah, much for, for taking sure. time to be with us on the podcast, oh. to let us ask all the questions and pick your brain. It was a lot of fun. Oh, Katie, it's been so much fun. Thank you. I just invite people to contact me. I'm an extremely accessible person. <laughs> so if anyone has any questions about what I do, I'm very reachable. So it's Heidi at NakedLeaf.com. If anyone has any questions about what I do, who I am, how we created everything, they want to talk to our team, maybe they want to work with us, maybe they want to do something with us. I'm so open to having people in intertwine with our little group over here. So I'm very happy to, to chat with everybody. Thanks for riding along. Know someone that would be great to interview? Have questions you'd like answered on the podcast? Send me an email at beyondthesaddlepodcast at gmail.com or join the conversation on social media. You can connect with us and learn more about the Beyond the Saddle podcast by following us on Facebook and Instagram at at Beyond the Saddle podcast. Find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Beyond the Saddle is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network.